This episode of the Crown Refs Podcast is sponsored by RefereeStore.com. At RefereeStore.com, we know that being a referee is not just a job, it's a lifestyle. And that's why we make it easy for you to find the right referee shirts, pants, and accessories for your games. Looking to stand out? We carry referee-designed products you cannot find anywhere else. We carry gear for football, soccer, hockey, baseball, and basketball referees designed to meet all required standards. This month, RefereeStore.com is offering a 15% discount for all listeners of the Crown Refs podcast. Just enter coupon code CROWN15 at checkout, then click apply to get your 15% off your next order. So if you're buying gear for this season, I don't know what your situation is, but definitely take advantage of that Crown Refs discount. RefereeStore.com and Crown Refs, serving the game. Hello and welcome to Daily Burst from Bubble, Volume 5. Super stoked to be with you guys. I'm your host, John, bringing you our final volume of the Daily Burst from the Bubble series. It's been a blast um, going through specific plays, introducing new officials, and just becoming better officials as we further our knowledge um, through watching the NBA playoffs this year. So Volume 5 is taking us to the Miami Heat versus Boston Celtics Game 1 where we're actually going to be um, highlighting a, a familiar face here, Sean Wright, our same official in Volume 4, as he calls a personal foul on Derek Jones Jr. as he runs into Marcus Smart while attempting to run through a screen. Happens with only 22 seconds left in an extremely close game with the Celtics um, trailing by one point to the Heat, 105-106. Um, our crew included Mark Davis, Kane Fitzgerald, and of course, Sean Wright. All right, on to the mechanics and positioning portion of Volume 5. Our featured play starts with an out-of-bounds play, which is a new one for Daily Burst and Bubble Series, with 22 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And we just took a screenshot, um, as you'll see in the background here, of the play itself and when the foul was called. But as the Celtics inbounded the ball on the sideline t- following a timeout, Smart drew a foul on Derek Jones Jr. before the pass was actually thrown inbounds. Um, on this play, you'll see official Sean Wright is in the center position and has his eyes on the play at hand. His possession at the time of call was perfect as he didn't even have to move to get a better angle. We'll actually show you the play here in a moment so you'll be able to see the the entire sequence of how it happened. Um, As there's really not a whole lot to unpack on this play, as the play appears to be straightforward, we're going to be getting into the violation itself in the play calling section as well. However, the mechanics and positioning are near flawless by Sean. Chris Whistle, close fist, walks over to the score table with confidence and gives it that stop and pop when showing numbers to the scores table, which is something that we've um, talked about before. And one thing I really like about how Sean handled uh, this pressure play, like I said before, 22 seconds left in the fourth quarter left, but he was extremely poised as he um, looks to the scores table as well as you can see in the play when we show it, but the entire Heat team was really getting after him, as you can imagine, in a, in a playoff series. That being said, a few action steps here after watching the play by Sean Wright. What can you do to improve your game? So two concepts really jumped out at me right away. And number one was practicing your positioning on inbound plays specifically. That may be not something that people and referees practice a lot. I know for myself, it's something I definitely don't think about nearly as much as I should, um, especially when um, – you know, the time comes if I know at every position where they need to be at an inbound and how they rotate after that once the ball is inbounded. So 
an action step there is next time you're watching a game on television, pay close attention to each official's positioning. Don't zone in on just one. Look at the, the official crew as a whole, see where they rotate after the ball is inbounded um, and things of that nature. It's just, it's just an area in the game where I know for a fact I don't practice often, but should, and is an area we can all become better at. It's, it's really those little things and odd experiences and situations that if we practice beforehand, we're just going to improve our knowledge of the entire game. Number two, the second concept that we can learn from Sean Wright is the way he handles himself. Of course, all these daily bursts from the bubble include a referee who handles themselves with confidence and professionalism, and Sean Wright is just a, is a no different in, in how he handles himself during this play. Sharpness, confidence, professionalism showcased here, and I know for me, I'm really looking forward to um, using those three confidence, your sharpness, and um, exemplifying professionalism as I go into my next games this upcoming season. So that's the mechanics and positioning. Of course, we're going to get into the play itself um, and really run through it here, but um, stay tuned for that. To the play calling section of volume five, burst from the bubble. So I'm going to run the play here, and we're going to take it through exactly why Sean called it the way it was and how he had so much poise and confidence and sharpness when he did call the, call the play here. So while Jones Jr. is already running towards Smart, who is in a legal guarded position in his path before the contact, Kemba, number eight here, um, actually veers into Jones. So I'm circling here on my screen. Kemba's on the left here. Jones Jr. is the one who actually commits the foul. Um, and as Walker veers into Jones Jr., it increases his momentum to drive him through Marcus Smart, who's, who's spotted right here. Um, I'm going to play here. And obviously, this is a bang-bang call and extremely difficult to make in real time. But if you watch the play, um, obviously, and, and replay makes it so much easier to tell, you'll see why Sean called the foul on Jones Jr. At first glance, I almost thought the foul could have been called on Marcus Smart. However, after the slow motion video, you'll see Jones Jr. completely run into smart while extending his arms to, to get through smart. And like I said, it's an extremely tough call as smart appears to be sliding to establish himself, but you will see Jones jr. Whether intentionally or not make contact with smart when trying to fight through um, the middle of the lane there. I'm going to play it a few more times here, but of, of course, smart is skilled with his acting. And um, we've seen that in, in the past. If you're just an NBA fan or you've watched other volumes uh, burst from the bubble, but um, it's clearly a foul on Jones Jr. making the illegal contact and running through the defensive, defenseless player. Now, one thing I, I've wanted to kind of touch base with here and something that helped me out on this play, but if this call is still hard to decipher, let's use another example for illustration purposes. So if Jones Jr. was trying to fight around a screen or, you know, for example, defending an offensive player, would this be an easier call to make if Jones Jr.? made the same type of contact. I'm going to play it a few more times here, but um, would it be easier to make this call? Would it be more obvious? Although the two plays and the actual play shown here are, are not the same, the illegal contact would be very much similar. So really props to Sean for making this call in real time. And um, they didn't even go to the replay monitor, which was something pretty, pretty interesting here with, you know, 20 seconds left in the game, uh, I might add, but According to that 2019-2020 rule book, an away from the play foul, which is defined um, in Rule 4, Section 3, if you want to get specific, um, it should, should be administered as the following. A personal foul 
and team foul should be accessed and one free throw attempt should be awarded. So the free throw may be attempted by any player in the game at the time that the personal foul was committed. So that's, that's why you see J Jason Tatum shooting free throws at the end there. That's they're awarded one free throw as well as the ball back. And you can go to official.nba.com slash rulebook, and you'll be able to see this entire um, rulebook as well as specific instances like this one that we're highlighting here. That being said, um, I'm going to continue playing the play in the background just so you can see a better idea of Jones Jr. running right through and extending his arms through Marcus Smart, but some action stuff that you can get here and really understand what happens on a foul that is away from the ball are, is going to be vital, um, especially for myself. You know, the, these occurrences don't happen a whole lot when you're refereeing youth, high school, uh, maybe even some of your collegiate games, but the rule book is a great resource, and I've said it before. It, it may sound nerdy, you know, to read your rule book, but that's one way that you're just going to continue to gain knowledge on these, these odd uh, situations in a game. Um, so that's just a, an easy, tangible action step, always being prepared for anything. One of the worst feelings I get, um, and maybe you guys can, can relate to, but one of the worst feelings I get is when a player, a coach comes up to me and asks me a question about the call, um, and I don't have a solid answer for him or her. So really, if we're experts at a craft, um, there's nothing to worry about when it comes to stepping on the floor, um, making the right calls, and just using your communication skills to make it a, a better spot for coaches, players, and then, of course, standing up for your entire group. So that's the play calling section. I hope you guys learned something. If you have questions on anything or you thought the foul could have been, you know, on Kemba or maybe even Marcus Smart, we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, but in my opinion, I think Sean Wright got it right, ironically. Um, so let's go into the game management and communication portion. Game management and communication, the third staple of bursts from the bubble volumes. As we've said before, managing the game after a big call like this one is, is really vital to the rest of the contest. You'll see Sean getting questioned by Heat players and coaches as soon as he blows his whistle and goes up to the score table, and, and that's expected. Um, however, Sean's calm demeanor as he walks to the scores table really provides a lesson for us. And you'll see he's not sprinting to the table. He's not in a hurry. He's not arguing with players and coaches who are questioning him on the way or even after he goes to the scores table. And he's not fidgeting with his whistle and rushing to um, state out the foul and the play on hand, which I thought was just wonderful and something that we can all really strive to do um, on every single call that we make during a game. Instead, what he does is, he walks at a steady place, steady pace to the score table, prevent, presents the number and violation to the table clearly, as well as he does his job and he serves the game, which is what we're all trying to do as officials. One underrated part of this clip that you can actually catch for a quick second is Mark Davis, a fellow crew, crew member of, of Sean Wright's here, standing up for, for Wright. Of course, we don't know exactly what Mark Davis is saying, but it looks like Eric Spolstra is talking with Davis and, and Mark looks to be explaining the call itself and sticking up for his crew member. At, like I said, as we can assume, we don't know what he's actually saying, but um, having a crew crew around you that sticks up for you and explains to coaches so that, you know, you guys are a, a whole unit um, is, is very important. And that going into our action steps, I've been a crew member alongside my brother. I've been a crew member alongside my roommates and even some of my, my best friends growing up. Um, at the same time, I've also been a crew member um, and part of a, a crew with individuals who are complete strangers and even individuals who I don't really mesh too well with at a personal level. 
That being said, no matter who you're repping with, there's one thing and that's for certain. You are a unit for those two halves or those four quarters, whatever the case is, um, you're responsible for taking care of each other as you are a team. And in, in my opinion, I, I learned this the hard way. Uh, one of the worst remarks, of course, in my opinion, you can say about a play that wasn't in your primary coverage area um, or in your zone is, sorry, coach, that wasn't my call. Um, I, I used to say that if a coach questioned me on a call that my partner made, I would say, sorry, coach, that, that wasn't my call. So maybe you, you, you have experience saying things like, coach, that play wasn't in my zone. Um, please ask the official who made the call. Things like that, in my opinion, are just not, not the, the best things you can say in that situation. Of course, that may be true. The call wasn't in your zone. But like I said, we must stick together in a game that we already face so much criticism. We have a crew for a reason, and, and that is to help each other make as many correct calls as possible and make the game a safe and a competitive environment. Rather than putting all the responsibility on your fellow team members, your fellow crew members, a better way to approach a situation when a coach complains about a foul that was truly out of your position or zone, try phrasing a response um, like saying, hey, hey, I see what you're saying, coach. However, the call was blah, 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 because player number blah, blah, blah did blah, blah, blah. Just giving a straight um, explanation of the, the foul on hand as, as your crew member called it will show the coach that, you know, you're here to make, sh to make all the correct calls and you're looking to provide a space that can be for open communication. But at the same time, you know, you're setting standards, you're being strict, you're being sharp and professional with how you communicate with coaches instead of just saying, oh, that, that, that was my partner who made that call, ask them. Um, give an explanation to the call that your partner made. Never throw them under the bus. It only makes you look unprofessional. Um, and not only yourself, but it's, it's a bad look for your entire crew. So little, commu little communication hacks like that have helped me, myself, grow closer with some of my ref partners, as well as the coaches um, and players that we officiate. So uh, obviously I'm no expert, um, but it's made a great difference for myself. So try those out. That is the game management and communication portion of Burst from the Bubble Volume 5. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure sharing the daily Burst from the Bubble series with you guys. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, but please reach out if you have any questions or you want to um, discuss some of these calls or you have more information on the officials that we spotlighted. We'd love to get in touch. Again, like we said in the past, if you're not a part of our newsletter, it's a great place for all of our content that we release every single Sunday. So please send us a message if you'd be interested in um, joining our newsletter. Of course, it's free. Um, of course, all of our content can be found on crownrefs.com where we are looking to ever expand our um, content game. So stay tuned for more content. Um, but of course, this is Daily Burst from the Bubble Volume 5. I'm your host, John. As always, Crown Refs, serve the game. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.